When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Uh, well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of Poetry in Motion with me, Neil Fitzmorris. Just negotiate the biscuit, which is, you know, you just don't do that, do you? That sort of stuff. Um, how, are you, how are you? I hope you're well. Thank you once again for downloading this pod and every pod as well. Ali Rouge, all the Blood Red pods. If you're a Liverpool fan, um, they are a must to keep you up to date with what's going on and just share opinions. You know, that's what it's all about. We are certainly in a phase of Liverpool's um, season and um, and the kind of form they're in where we have plenty of opinions. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I'm joined today by uh, two lads from uh, Liverpool Echo, of course. Sean Bradbury is here. How are you, Sean? Very well. Thanks for your tea, yeah. Um, bit of trepidation ahead of this trip to Brighton tomorrow, but but otherwise very good. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's trepidation ahead of every match nowadays, isn't it, at the moment? The way Liverpool are at the moment, there's no easy game, there's no gimme. Um, probably more down to, the, obviously, their own current form than anything else, but uh, that's just the way it is at the moment. Pat Smith's with as well. How are you, Patrick? You OK, sir? Yeah, I'm very good, Fitzy. I haven't been on the poetry in a while, so it's great to be back. But yeah, much like Sean, I'm very anxious ahead of the Brighton match tomorrow. I've just got that bad feeling that we've had too many times this season, haven't we, Fitzy? Yes, we have, mate. And welcome back. You're very welcome. And it's nice to put a bit of culture back in your life with poetry and motion, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, poetry and motion certainly not what we are at the moment, let's be honest with you. Um, you've, uh, you've, you've both come from the, uh, the Jurgen Klopp uh, press conference. He's a very... Um, he cuts a very frustrated and angry figure, Sean, doesn't he? For well, for obvious reasons, really. Can you give us a gist of, of um, what was said and, and and how it was said? Yeah, so started off the press conference with all the all the usual questions, you know, asking about injury updates, and he and he went through all that. Kind of hinted that Nunes is, looks unlikely that he'll feature Milner. Maybe he's back in training. Firmino was still a no. That bit of a concern. He was kind of saying he's not even close to team training, and then. There's plenty about Brighton, how good they are, how good their recruitment is, all, all this type of thing, how how much they've, you know, kicked on, if not, I was going to say, you know, maintained, but if not kicked on under the new boss compared to Potter. But then, yeah, it got a little bit frosty at the end. It was pretty much the last question and it was uh, a bit of a mic drop from Klopp. I think it was Carl Markham of the Press Association who pressed him on what I thought personally was, was a very legitimate concern and, and quite a specific one about this window. You know, Klopp had earlier said, that it's unlikely Liverpool will buy, you know, it doesn't seem like there's the right circumstances for players to come in. And it was just essentially a follow-up question on that. You know, why Why is that specifically at this point? Is it because you don't think there's players around who can solve the problems or those players aren't gettable if, if, if they are, if they do exist? Or is it financial? And then, yeah, he just the manager just bit back a little bit and kind of almost answered that question. First and foremost, he referred back to attacking signings when... You know, really, everyone knows that a question about that is, is what people are getting at is the midfield. So, you know, he, he felt like he tried to divert things a little bit in that respect, but he just almost also interpreted it as just a general question about, you know, FSG and 
and the transfer approach that's been that we've seen for unfolding for years. And I think he said something like, you know, don't make me tell the money story again. But personally, I just thought that was a totally fair question, and, and it cuts to the heart of what all Liverpool fans are thinking at the moment, which is, you know, how do you repair this midfield? And I suppose from to give Klopp his due a little bit, he's he's got to back the players that he does have his, at his disposal at the moment. And obviously, he can't sit there and reveal state secrets about transfers in the public forum of a press conference. But he was a little bit touchy. And whether that's, you know, frustrations at maybe some mistakes he thinks Liverpool have made, you know, in, in their succession planning or frustrations that money isn't being released at this current time. You know, if you, maybe behind the scenes, he really is pushing for things and, We've certainly been given the signals that the money were there, is there, haven't we? You know, back in the summer, they wanted Chiromeni, you know, down the line, they're obviously hoping to go for Bellingham. So there's money in a pot, but it's just whether a compromise or something could be thrashed out this this January. But yeah, I think it did it did reveal that, you know, there's 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 something getting a clop uh, when it comes to all this, whether it's, you know, concerns around what, what he's being told by the owners or concerns around his own decisions, I don't know, but a bit of frostiness for sure. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, look, we all know. I mean, he must just dread them press conferences. When you're a manager and things are going well for you, you you, you, you know, you sit there like Henry VIII at the head of the table, don't you, like you do, and you just want to, you know, wax lyrical about everything. But when things are like this, the last thing you want to do is sit in front of a room full of people who are all asking you the same question pretty much, Pat. And, and we all know, don't we, quite, quite, you know, Gakpo looks like a great player. What we're in, in danger of doing is misusing great players um, because of the situation we're in. I mean, you can see with Thiago Alcantara, I mean, there's a player who, you know, it's like an old saying, you're using a racehorse to deliver milk, uh, a very old saying. And, uh, you know, he's he's class, you know, he's classing above, but he's class, he's 20 yards too far back from where he should be class. And he's putting out fires alongside Fabinho. And he's doing stuff that really he, he certainly didn't expect to be doing when he came to sign. Everyone knows what we want, Pat. And it must be so frustrating uh, to, to get to get sort of held accountable for not getting them quick enough. Uh, but, if, but if you can understand people's frustrations, if we go through this January window without getting some sort of uh, midfield cover, uh, not even cover, we need a midfield play and go straight to the side, Pat. Um People are not going to be happy, are they? Because you're just watching an entirely wasted season. You're watching a, a very, a very serious um, uh, uh, in, uh, situation where we're not going to get Champions League, and it's going to be hard to attack players. So difficult questions, but he's got to answer them, Pat, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's a strange one to be talking about a press conference in a podcast. Really, it's not something that's done often. That means you know it has been a really controversial one. And strangely enough, you know the news that he pretty much confirmed that Nunes is injured. We still don't know if he'll play or not tomorrow, but that's relatively big news. And then, of course, Firmino's being injured for, he said, you know, I think a couple of months before, or weeks before he's back trailing. That's quite big news that's sort of been swept under the carpet by this sort of rant from Klopp. I mean, you know, I think journalists have every right. You have to sort of hold the club and manager accountable when necessary. I think that's something we often forget because, you know, people want to maintain good relationships with the club. And, you know, it's obviously a very important thing to do. But I think, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, what it says today is that Klopp is clearly really frustrated that he's been told he can't sign the players. And the questions that are more than reasonable, as Sean said, have just hit a note with him, which, you know, has <laughs> clearly triggered this response. But yeah, Fitzy, the point you make there about, you know, we don't need a cover midfielder. We need a midfielder that can start. You know, a cover midfielder is Artemelo, who granted has a relatively decent pass track record, but what a pointless signing that was. You know, that's a cover midfielder. That's not what we need. 
I think we need a full reshuffle in the midfield to be honest. I think Milner, you know, he's played brilliant this season. He's played a fantastic part, but him coming back probably drops a hint that he'll be starting over the next couple of weeks. I personally don't think James Milner should be playing for Liverpool in 2023. Not to disrespect him, I'm a huge fan of Milner. He's been an amazing servant. And particularly this season as well, he's really pulled us out of some dark times, particularly I think back to September, October time, we were really struggling. He came in and sort of just gave that presence in midfield that we needed. But yeah, I think you mentioned there Thiago. I mean, it's really strange because for me, Thiago is the best controller of a football I've ever seen in a Liverpool shirt in my granted relatively short lifetime. I'm sure you'll debate that one because you've seen far greater players than I've been. You know, <laughs> take a photo of your age there, Fitzy. But in my, yeah. life, <laughs> in my lifetime, Thiago is the best controller of football I've ever seen in Liverpool. You know, he's you know 95% passing accuracy in every game, unbelievable on the ball, drags it with his studs. But I don't think we need that at the moment. And I don't think a Jurgen Klopp midfield needs that. I think. You know, we signed him at the time because we were dominating and we had loads of the ball because we were this brilliant side. But I think we had so much of the ball due to that powerful, pacey, you know, our midfield wouldn't stop running for the whole game with Wijnaldum, Fabinho in his prime, Henderson as well, who, you know, was fit and relatively in his prime. I just don't think Thiago is the right midfielder for a young Klopp side. And that's so strange to say because on his day, he's easily one of the best midfielders on the planet. But he doesn't actually create that many chances he doesn't score many goals he doesn't make runs into the box like Wijnaldum did and there's been a lot of talk of Wijnaldum recently and how Liverpool need to you know refill that mould of player on the left hand side someone who'll burst in the box someone who'll take risks with the ball you know Thiago's not a risk taker he's very you know obviously one of the best passer in the league he can beat players like there's nobody there he doesn't really create that much and that's the concern for me I think if we're looking at a midfielder I'd be looking at getting someone perhaps for that left-hand side spot who can make runs into the box, who can take risks on the ball. I mean, there's been mentioned recently of a player called Tain Coop Maynard from Atalanta. He's got that exact skill set. He's big. He's, you know, a set-piece taker. He scores goals. He's an aerial threat. And I think that's the mould of player Liverpool need. And I think they need it now in January. And I think Jurgen Klopp knows that. And that's why he bit today in the press conference because the season is in real trouble because he's basically said today that we're not signing anyone, which... You know, will be a huge concern to Liverpool fans all over the world. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Yeah, I mean, Koopman is just to name but one. I mean, obviously the big one's Bellingham. You've got um, Amrabat. You've got, I mean, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a whole coach load of, of midfielders that have been chucked in the mix and and also other, other positions as well. But, I mean, you know, it's... After the last game, after the uh, Brentford match, uh, Sean, which was calamitous, wasn't it? I mean, the first half wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just struggling with form. It was, it was. They didn't know what they were doing at all, did they? And it was a really, really poor performance. And and it, uh, and uh, after the game, obviously, uh, you know, Jamie Carragher said the words he said. There wasn't a lot you could disagree with Jamie Carragher on, though, Sean, because when you look at the Liverpool side of recent, recently, certainly this season, and I know. Before anyone gets on me back, I know we've had loads of in, injuries. I know we've had ridiculous injuries, without, you know, but 
Diaz and Jota and so on and so on. But it's a pace issue, isn't it? It's a it's a it's a closing down issue. The only person I ever really see closing anyone down um, when he gets on the uh, on the pitch is Cavalio, and he doesn't seem to be one to play him. Um, you know that Mane charge. I know he's. It, it wasn't just him though. There just seems to be a different kind of style at the moment, and it's and they're not very good at it. That's the problem, mate, isn't it? The 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 they're not quick to the tackle, and they're and they're being caught out, and they're just slow all around the pitch, Sean. That, that's exactly it, and I think you're right that Brentford is probably the prime example this season of where it went wrong. Obviously, there were there were gifts at the back, very unfortunate opening goal. But that midfield, that start midfield, I think it was um, Fabinho, Elliot, and, and Thiago. I just, I don't feel Liverpool at this moment in time can afford to to start that again. Certainly, maybe it's something later on in a game if they're you know two 0 up or something like that and looking to exert control and stay on the ball and, and possess it. Perhaps that's something then. But yeah, it's just it's this general switch, which I'd say you can trace it back to maybe the back end of last season where. You know, Liverpool go behind in games. They're not necessarily physically dominant, and and they and you know that Liverpool's hallmark, as as Pat was saying, then it used to be outworking, outrunning, outpressing, bullying the opposition essentially, and not giving big chances away at all. You know, very few, if any, and and it's gone to the opposite of that so quickly. I mean, Klopp said, I think this was in a press conference last week, that he doesn't think it's entirely a midfield problem, and and as you say, Fitty, there are some. There's a bit of mitigation to that. I think Diaz and Jota being missing, two of your pressing monsters who who really helped the midfield out by just starting that first line of defence in the attack. Okay, you know, they've been massive absentees so far this season. Nunes is a very different player to Firmino. That's another factor in it. You know, there's stitching together that the midfield and attack and what happens between the lines of midfield and attack, I think I think is a big issue for Liverpool because, you know, the, the number eights as they are now, Thiago, Henderson, Whoever it is and comes in either side of Fabinho, they're at the age they are now and the profile of players they are now. That's not their strength, you know. That's where you really need Bellingham to come in and, and kind of revolutionise the midfield. But yeah, it's just there is no doubt that the, the the three lads who line up in midfield are are the biggest issue, the biggest single issue this team has. And you know, there've been other little things, haven't there? There've been a lot of individual errors at the back, and Liverpool have experimented over the last few months with Trent's positioning and his approach. And as I say, you know, made tweaks in a general stylistic sense with Elliot coming in and Nunes being a different type of number nine. But yeah, it's just the, the midfield thing. It's 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 fallen off a cliff this season, and a solution just cannot come soon enough. Well, it looks like we are going to have to wait though, because uh, unless obviously we're used to Liverpool going back to the old uh, transfer technique they had of just sort of you wake up, rub your eyes up, your curtains, and. And turn on the news and you've signed a player, which is what we used to always do in the old days, wasn't it? It was not a case of like, you know, something being speculated. There's a lot of speculation all the time now, not necessarily from the club. But, um, you know, you would imagine that if he wants, yeah, behind closed doors, you would imagine, Pat, that Klopp is, must be absolutely fuming because, you know, it's, it's, it's clear. It's as clear as day what is needed to try and tighten up. You know, he's putting on Ox- Oxlade-Chamberlain, who's a player who, you know, everyone liked Oxlade-Chamberlain. He was a good player and he was great until he got injured and stuff. And he, but he delivers, he'll deliver 15 minutes out of 90. He'll deliver, he'll do a great little mazy run or something. And then you don't see, you literally forget he's on the pitch. And um, <clears throat> Naby Case is the same. He's been coming on. Naby Case is doing nice, nice little bits. And then just seems to go missing. The, like you said before, Sean, the idea that, you know, it's a massive positive for Liverpool that, that James Mill is back in training is... Um, tells you just about the state of the team at the moment and um, 
And where, where, does, where does he try and change us? Where do you begin to try and change us? You've got Van Dijk out for up to another four weeks or so. Um, it's very shaky, isn't it? And it's and it's it's almost a situation now, Pat, where Klopp doesn't want to try anything that's yeah. uh, that's dynamic because he's worried that it's going to fall flat at the back and, and, and fail. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult because I'm reluctant to dig out players like Milner and Oxlade-Chamberlain because they shouldn't be playing for Liverpool now. Like, it's, it's not their fault they're playing. I think it's down to injuries. And to be fair to Chamberlain, he's actually done pretty well the past couple of games he's been playing in. But I agree with you, like, you know, I said before with Milner, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain playing for Liverpool in 2023 should never be happening. I mean, it baffles me that he's still being forced into that position. But obviously, we know why it's down to the recruitment. And, you know, you've got to think back to the summer. You had Mateus Nunes leaving Sporting Lisbon and Jao, Jao Polina, I think his first name, Jao Polina at Fulham. They've both had really, really good seasons so far in the Prem. You know, you could have signed the pair of them for a combined fee of £60 million and they would have both sorted the midfield right out because, you know, I think as much as we need that sort of number eight player, we really need a six as well because Fabinho's form has been dreadful this season. I'm not sure what's happened to him. You know, he's so fantastic over the past couple of seasons, particularly last year. I thought he was amazing having to cover in at centre-half and then obviously in the six for the majority of the season. Really, really important player. And that free, you know, that positioning from Fabinho gave the freedom to Robertson and Trent because he could sweep and cover either side down the channel that, you know, they could potentially be exploited in, which we've seen a lot this season. We've seen Trent, you know, get exploited down that far channel because there's not really been a six who's been competent enough to fill that void. And, you know, I mean, what does Klopp do here? I think come... March or April, when you've got Jota and Diaz back, I think we'll probably see a switch to a 4-2-3-1 again and just sort of go gung-ho basketball football that we've sort of seen this season because he's basically confirmed today that they won't be signing a midfielder, unfortunately, until at least the summer, it looks like. So I don't really know where you go. I mean, if you play the flat two, then the problem is who do you play in those positions because Fabinho's been so off of this season. He's looked slow. He's looked sluggish. He's just looked off the pace. He's always second to the ball. I mean, the Brentford game, he got absolutely dominated and you know, you look at Wolves as well last weekend, you know, the Wolves midfield had so much time and space on the ball. I mean, it's, you know, a slight credit to the players they had in there. And obviously Nunes came off the bench and was pretty impressive on the ball, but they just had so much space and time. And as Sean said, I don't think now is the time to play in a sort of weak midfield of Thiago and Elliot, because if you go 1-0 up, 2-0 up with that midfield, sweet, you'll keep the ball, you know, you'll pass it around, you'll frustrate your opponents. But when you're chasing the game, you don't want, I think Jerome said on the podcast of the week, you don't want Thiago dragging it over with his studs and trying to beat a player. You know, you want someone urgent. You want some presence in there. You want someone taking a risk. And maybe the solution to that is Naby Keita. I mean, you know, someone who's completely divided the fan base the whole time he's been here. But I think Naby Keita right now is exactly what Liverpool need. I want someone to take the ball, drive it, try and beat someone. It doesn't matter if you don't because, you know, the midfield's been so poor anyway. I don't mind him taking the risk. I just want to see someone you know, trying to create something, trying to get forward from that midfield and his pressing presence as well going forward. Because I think there's been a lot of stick for the front three for their perhaps lack of pressing. But, you know, you can't rely on the front three press players to press from the front. A midfielder has to come and support them to make that triangle when you're doing those presses. Klopp went into a bit of detail today about, you know, how they try and win the ball back. And it's so important, that press from the front. And I just don't think we have that presence in midfield that, you know, can really intimidate opposition when they're trying to play the ball out from the back. I mean, Harvey Elliott as well is someone that I'm a fan of. You know, he's a great technical young player. But, I mean, for me, he shouldn't be playing for Liverpool. He should be, you know, I think he should be on loan to be honest, getting some first experience somewhere else. He's played well at parts this season. But for me, 
I mean, you could you could change the whole midfield come the summer. It really, really wouldn't surprise me. There's a few players out of contract. I mean, do you try and cash in on Thiago and Fabinho now? Like, I think at the start of the season, you'd have called me an idiot for saying that. But now there's seriously a, you know, a suggestion that you could do that and completely reshuffle a whole midfield. But then, of course, I don't know who you bring in there because the players we've mentioned are going to cost, you know, double their price tag in the summer. You look at Enzo Fernandez. You know, they paid 15 million initially, granted that can rise to a lot more, but he's going to cost, you know, at least his release clause now of 120 million. I'd imagine Benfica may even want more if his form continues. Mateus Nunes, there's been rumours that Wolves would sell for only 6 million more than they bought him. I think that's complete nonsense, to be honest. I think Wolves would be wanting at least 70 for a player of that quality. So that's the problem, Fitzy. What do you do? I mean, you know, in your opinion, would you sort of reshuffle and get rid of, not say Deadwood, but... Is now the time that Liverpool really need to sort of rejig the midfield in personnel terms? Well, we, we definitely have to rejig the midfield. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm absolutely with you. I don't know about Sean, but I'm, I'm absolutely with you on the Naby Keita shout. I think he's been coming on so, but I think he needs to throw him on from the start and try and get into the game from the start. I, again, am bewildered by the form of, of Fabinho. Um, this guy was, you know, muted as one of the best midfielders in, the, in world football last season. I don't know what's happened to him. It almost looks like he's, you know, he's he's got an illness. He's got some sort of debilitating illness that's stopping him from running properly because he's he's slow to tackles. He's he looks a bit bewildered. He's got no energy whatsoever. Um, and that, you know, that that was key. He was key, as you just said. Um, the problem we have at Liverpool is that you, they're not going to go out and buy a Paulinho Adi before the season because Liverpool only buy when they want a key position filled. And they only want to say there's, there's, there's a very small amount of, of names really on lists that they go for, isn't it? Um, you know, it's not like uh, they look and say, oh, there's, if there's good. They don't seem to do that for me. They seem to go, right, we need the player. And then they find themselves in this position where the, the player they need is one of the best in the world and is going to cost them 100 million quid. So there's a transfer issue there, isn't it? With, with, with signing the players, you know, trying to get good players close season that, that you can bring on, which you don't seem to be doing at the moment. Um, what about the Nunes situation, uh, Sean? I mean, you know, you've got to take your chances in this game as well. It might have been a different story. He's had 23 chances on on goal and scored four. Scuffed many of them. I mean, I love him as a player. Don't get me wrong. He's he, he dangerous. He's unexpected. He, he, he You know, you, you can't second guess him. The problem is he doesn't seem to be able to second guess himself a lot of the time. And we are still working with a really uncut, rough diamond, aren't we? Yeah, that, that sums him up pretty much perfectly. But I'm I'm still very much in the camp of when it clicks, it will be devastating. You know, all his underlying numbers are, are frightening, really. You know, the expected goals is pretty much around one a game, which isn't far off Erling Haaland. It's more than any other Liverpool player. Um, you know, much more than Salah, who obviously is, is a huge threat, as, as we all know. And... In, in a weird way, I was actually quite encouraged by the Wolves game because going into that, um, obviously, you know, the results and the midfield performance was was poor and, you know, the, all the issues that we've talked about there were exposed once again. But Salah and Nunes pretty much had one chance each. I think Nunes might have had one other half-chance header from a corner and they put them both away. So, you know, that that's two players who I think have struggled to be clinical so far this season. And I, and I would include Salah in that because I think he's, he's had his moments where... He's had decent opportunities in front of goal and hasn't tucked them away. But but you're right, Nunes is the one where it is a bit more glaring. But I just think it's it's adapting to that extra gear of speed that play, coming over and playing in, in a league like the Premier League, you know, exposes you to and having a little bit less time on the ball than, than he's used to 
And and it really isn't far away from that happening. And and the other thing is, there's been debate debate around this, but I think you know the Villa game was a good example of this. Even when he's not completely firing in front of goal, he's such a presence, he's such a threat, he's such a nuisance that he does bring extra things to the team. And like again, his underlying numbers on assists are good. You know, it's I think it's something like you know an assist every three games is is roughly what he'd be on for if you know. Um, the, the numbers kind of pan out and, and and reflect the reality reflects them. So yeah, I think I think he's very close. And it, and it is unfortunate if he has had this well, he has had this setback and hasn't trained much this week. Klopp said today in his press conference, you know, news that came out yesterday and, and the and the managers confirmed today. So yeah, I I would have hundred percent had him obviously lead, leading the line against Brighton. And that throws up some, you know, strange kind of tactical possibilities. Personally now I think I'd throw Salah down the middle for, for Brighton and and you know work from there because so every other option you know with Firmino out with Diaz out with Jota out Oxley Chamberlain maybe as a as a standard false nine you know there's there's no other option where you think you've got a genuine goal threat down the middle apart from Salah and you know perhaps that will revitalise him a little bit but yeah I think by the end of the season the one thing I would be confident on you know midfielder or not I think Nunes will have adapted he'll have got up to speed. And at the very least, they'll have a couple of purple patches where you know he's he's an absolute nightmare for you know three or four games in a row. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. We've got Gakpo could could, could play and coming in from the left, um, uh, but I totally agree, Sean, with the, with the. Um, with the, with the most sad, I think put him in the middle because I think he's just completely wasted on the. He's so. He's so isolated on that right-hand side. And you can see a lot of opposing managers now, Pat, are just saying, well, leave him there. We don't have to worry about Mo Salah anymore. That's something you would never have thought. And he still will get goals. But he just is drifting out on that right. He picks up the ball. He has two defenders to beat straight away, one behind them. He's trying to get past three people. He cuts it onto his left-hand side, blazes over the bar. Job done. I feel like he needs to reinvent his threat. And um, what better way of doing it than, than than trying to maybe, if we've got the problem with Nunez now injured, getting Gakpo on the left, he likes to come in, drift on the left, and um, and uh, selling on his own up front, in the middle, trying to be more impactful. Yeah, we've seen Klopp flow with it a couple of times this season, and I think Salah's been so much more effective down the middle, especially this season. I mean, it all connects, because you know we spoke about it already in this podcast. Trent's position has been tweaked. He's now playing deeper, and he's sort of playing that quarterback, right-back role with searching on balls he's not ranging forward as much as he did which sort of you know would force Salah inside as such and we've seen that so many times this season and of course Harvey Elliott as well sort of plays in that advanced position on the right hand side and often takes up positions on the right hand side which sort of leaves no space for Mo so yeah I, I definitely agree Fitzy I'd be playing him down the middle I'd even try Nunes out on the right I think I think he's more than capable of playing and obviously prefers playing on the left and cutting in but I think Nunes could be just as effective on the right hand side we actually saw it in the um he was the AC Milan friendly in Dubai, I believe. He had like a couple of minutes out on the right-hand side and, you know, scored that goal running in behind there. If you got Gakpo coming from the left, I think it could really, really work. I think, strangely, although Nunes is the number nine, I'd be swapping the two of them round because they can interchange, obviously, during the match. But, um, yeah, I'm just concerned already thinking about this because Brighton are going to pose so many problems in the midfield. It's, you know, a question of, I think Liverpool will definitely have to be playing counter-attack because... You know, they dominated the ball under Potter, as Klopp was saying in his press conference today, but Deserby's taken it to another level. I mean, you know, the match they had against Arsenal, which Klopp sort of made a cheeky reference to, Brighton had 67% possession, but Arsenal scored three goals in the counter-attack. 
and then you know Klopp continued to talk about how wide the pitch is there and how it's, it's one of the biggest pitches in the league. And I think Liverpool really need to take advantage of that. And it might be a sort of strange scenario where Liverpool do play as that sort of sit-back team and wait to hit Brighton on the counter because I just can't see us having much of the ball. I mean, Brighton's midfield has been absolutely superb this season with McAllister being phased back in after the World Cup. You know, that midfield of Pascal Gross, Caicedo and McAllister, I think it'll be, would <laughs> cause so many problems for Liverpool's midfield. I think it will be a case of Liverpool win the ball back, go along, see if you can hit Nunes and Gakpo down those wide channels. And then if you're playing Mo down the middle, hopefully you can be there for the cutback because I think that's basically going to be Liverpool's game plan for it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it is going to be a, a, a pretty tough prospect, Sean, isn't it? I mean, they've got a, it is, when you're talking about what we lack in midfield is kind of what they've got in abundance at the moment, isn't it? Samada uh, and, 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 um, and certainly... You know, uh, McAllister. Uh, it is going to be a tough game, and 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 one. Uh, how does he reset this? How does he kind of? Do it? It, I, I look at I look at um, I look at Klopp on the sidelines now, and he looks a, he looks like he's a bit stunned, doesn't he? He looks like he's kind of going, and he's doing it time and time again. He, he made a, a comment in one of the post match interviews where he said he was talking about being late to tackles and not uh, and late to challenges and and not making them, and that's what undid us uh, certainly against Wolves as well. Um, but against Brentford, and uh, and he, and he may he sort of said a little slightly, but he said, you know, I keep telling them, you know, along the lines of, and he must be getting to the point himself now where he's thinking, I'm telling you what to do, I'm telling you how these things are going, and and it's just not being listened to. Is that a panic on the pitch? You think, Sean? Do you think that's just a case of we're going behind quite a lot, and and, and it's we just don't like being pressed, do we? As a side that sort of reinvented the press, the gang and press that. They really don't. They look very easy to read at the moment, don't they, Sean? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there've been a few hints. I think Allison. There were some quotes from him recently where he was not necessarily kind of questioning the mentality of everyone in the squad, but you know, pointing to how much of an exertion last season was and how maybe there's been a little bit of struggle to bounce back from that. Obviously, the World Cup break was was a huge disruption, kind of physically and mentally for a lot of players. But I think you're right. There has to be some kind of reset and. You know, you, you guys discussed the, the options pretty well there, and I, I do think it comes down to two to two different plans. One is you switch to four two three one, and obviously, if Nunes is absent, I think that's a big miss because I, I really like the idea of him leading the line in a four two three one because it just simplifies his job. It gets him down the middle. There, there is a little bit of space for him to pull out wide either way if if you know if he wants and needs to as 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 play progresses. But without him, you know. Gakpo, I think, could probably go in the middle of a 4-3-3, but I'm not sure if he's the right man to lead the line on his own at this point. But, you know, there was a point earlier in the season, I think it was around the time of the win against Rangers at home in the Champions League, and then maybe it was Arsenal away as well, which obviously didn't didn't go quite so well. But he did have a little look at 4-2-3-1 or something approximately along those lines, maybe a 4-4-2 is what Klopp referred to it as. But, you know, there was one good win there and then one game which, OK, despite it being a defeat and... The way gaps in that game away at the Emirates, but there were also controversies in that game. You know, some some incidents which had gone a different way on the day might have seen Liverpool escape with a draw, or you know, possibly better if we're being charitable. So I'm surprised that that was so hastily abandoned. But as you guys have said, I think the other thing, and and the thing that happens either way, you know, four two three one or four three three, Kate has shown enough in those little flashes. Okay, maybe the game suited him a little bit against Wolves in the sense of. They were sitting back at that point and it was obvious at, at that stage of the game, Liverpool were going to have a little bit more of the ball, but there was at least a bit of spark, a bit of invention from him. 
he just looked a bit sharper and like that he was not only going to snap into the tackles but push forward and go into those gaps where you know if Henderson and Thiago go into you're not you're not sure whether they're the right men to go and try and progress the ball and work it in tight spaces you know and and, it, and as I said before the issue of where Firmino is that there currently is just no one you know it's a flat three and 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 you know no one's really effectively getting ahead to to join the attack from midfield. Naby's got that in spades, hasn't he? You know, he's 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 very much a player who can stitch midfield to attack. So, yeah, I think those are the options. The other one, I'd, I'd, I'd this is maybe a little bit too soon, but I'd, I'd throw Ben Doak's name in there as well, just in the sense of if if we think Salah could and should play central at this point, why not go for the wild card option on the right? You know, give give it a go. If it doesn't work, get him off a half time, bring a more you know senior senior head on Oxley Chamberlain or whoever. But, you know, the, what he's shown in his little cameos, his little flashes, not only does it get the crowd going, but it, he's he's just a mystery option. And he's clearly got something as young as he is. So, yeah, I think there's there's a few ways in which Klopp can change it. But I, I just hope he does, he does at this point, you know, think that considerable change is already needed. Because if it's the same kind of stale midfield performance and, and personnel, let's face it, that we've seen certainly since the World Cup break, Bar in Villa, which which was different because Liverpool went ahead, but for lots of the season, then yeah, rude awakening at Brighton the weights. Yeah, absolutely. Ben Doak's a great shout to me. He's been very impressive, hasn't he? Whips down that line, doesn't he? Uh, great little winger, <clears throat> and that would free up Salah in the middle as well. I mean, I would even throw Cavalio in the hat. I, I, do you know what? I know he's. I know he can get knocked off the ball, but he runs down goalkeepers. He's running. He's got energy and and, and bags of energy, Pat, and he. He scored a couple of goals for us. A vitally important goal against Newcastle. He scored a couple of goals. He's um, and he's just that energy. I feel like that front foot energy is what we need to try and kick everyone in. And, and you know, I feel a bit for him because he has he hasn't done a lot wrong for him to be getting benched as much as he is. And he's, you know, he's 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 being uh, he's being put down the pecking order a little bit in favour of someone like Oxley Chamberlain, who, let's be honest with you, isn't really doing the job. So. I would, I would definitely. I mean, certainly, certainly on the bench, I'd probably bring Doakon. See, rather than go on with them, I'd probably maybe try and get him to influence the game a little bit towards the end. But Carvalho again, there are a couple of options attacking there too. I mean, it's just, I think Naby Keita is the big shot though, Pat, isn't it? Because I think it, you've got to let him have a little bit of a run in the team, and and, and this idea that he comes on in the in the 68th minute, it's, it's a little bit redundant, and it? it's a little bit pointless when they've been hanging on and looking for someone to get forward. It's, it's a bit of a negative move, and we need to. We need to hope there's a bit of there's a bit of a positive push forward here against Brighton. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, with Carvalho, he's definitely an exciting prospect. I think the thing to remember as well is he's a number ten. He played for Fulham as a number ten, a central player. That's where he thrived. That's where he's best. And he's sort of been forced into this left forward position, Liverpool, which is you know he's really not used to. I mean, he's done well when he's played there at times. I think it's always going to be difficult. You know, a playing in any position when you're that young, be moving from a championship side where, you know, you're the best team in the league by miles to a Liverpool side who should be one of the best teams in the league and are really struggling and then being forced to play out of position. I think you've got to cut them some slack for that. But yeah, I'd definitely like to see him get a run. I mean, you make a good point there. I mean, as, as good as Chamberlain was against Brentford and he's probably one of the best players on the pitch, you know, I'd be giving Carvalho a chance there. I mean, what's the sort of point in giving Chamberlain the chance? He looks set to leave the club in the summer. I mean, I'd be very surprised if they gave him another contract. They might, who knows, but... Yeah, I'd have been given that chance to cover. Maybe he'll get a chance this weekend. I mean, we've spoken there about perhaps changing shape and formation. Um, I mean, if they were to revert to that clock 4-4-2, there's no reason why you couldn't play Carvalho out on the left, maybe Elliot on the right of the midfield, and then have sort of, it'd probably be Thiago, Fabinho sort of sitting in there in that deep midfield role. 
But then I think that will just will leave us too exposed in the middle with those two players playing. That's the thing with Carvalho. I'm not entirely sure about because he doesn't bring you much presence and you can't play midfield because he's too weak and small. And then from the front, though, he brings definitely that pressing mentality. If you know, combine that with a Naby Keita alongside it to give a bit more energy. I mean, by Chetic, Klopp said today he's recovered from his little knocky sustained. I'd love to see more of him this season, but I think he's really impressed me so far. And I think we're now at the point where if we're not signing anyone, why not give someone like Bacetic a go? Why not give someone like Ben Doak a go? Because it's really sad to say, but I think the season could be, you know, pretty much done before we know it. I mean, top four now is really looking difficult. You know, if a result goes badly at Brighton this weekend, which, you know, we have to be realistic, we, we're probably not favourites going into that one. It's kind of a six-pointer in that sense because Liverpool would slip down to eighth and we'd be, you know, could potentially be 10 points or so off the top four at this stage. It really is a concerning time. And if we are in that situation, I think why not give the youngsters a go and you know see how they go? I mean, you look at Tyler Morton as well on loan at Blackburn. He's just signed a new long-term contract. Maybe he's one for the future. He could come in in that sixth role. But I'm just not sure, Fitzy. It's looking pretty bleak at the moment. But maybe someone like Carvalho deserves that chance and maybe they could turn things around for us. I mean, you know, why not give him a chance? Maybe even give him a chance in the number 10 position or the Firmino role. We've not seen him really in a central role yet for Liverpool. He's not been given that chance as far as I'm aware. So why not give someone like him a go? Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? I mean, it's easy for us to sit here and say, obviously, you know, the gaffer's got a lot more a lot more, a lot bigger decisions to make, and a lot more kind of scenarios for the time work out. It just seems to me the beggars can't be choosers, Sean. And you know, these are times when 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 some of the younger younger players don't have a lot to lose. We'll just go in and try and make their mark. Whereas you have got bench warmers who have been here for quite a while who are, who are like going to go on and do what they've done because the, you know Oxlade Chamberlain for me is not really going to make much of a difference. I hope he does. I hope to be proven wrong, but he, he just sort of does a little, does a, did a lovely amazing run the other week. He did scored a goal, obviously. Um, and then he just disappears into the shadows, doesn't he? And that's not what we need at the moment. Right, I'll give you the next six games. We've got Brighton, obviously, tomorrow, three o'clock. I mean, these are huge games, every single one of them. Uh, we have the unwanted, but probably lucky to have so, uh, Wolves replay. Because... Um, you know, the Wolves winner the other night is still one of those that'll go up in the ether moment of, of I'm still not quite sure what happened, but we'll take it. Uh, there's plenty go against us, so we'll take them when they go for us. Uh, big one there, the 21st of Jan, which is a week uh, tomorrow. 12.30 kickoff, Chelsea, another team struggling for form as well. We currently lie seventh in the league. Uh, we are seven points off fourth place, I think, Man United, on the same game as them. I know we've got two up on... on um, on Fulham, but we've played 17 games, 22 points. Uh, we just need to start winning everything, don't we? I mean, it's that easy now, isn't it? I mean, we've dropped enough points now, um, but some big games to go. And then, of course, we've got Wolves again in the league on the 4th of Feb. And then a little matter of the uh, the Derby. Um, Evan, obviously, I've got their own troubles, but um, Derbies can often be season kicker honours, can't it? You can you can get add for one of the teams anyway. Let's hope it's not for Everton, but we've got we've got some big games coming up. We've got Newcastle then away, Sean. Um, this is the month really that's the, into into February that's the, that's going to define the, the the rest of the season for the pool, isn't it? Yeah, massively. And I think it's it's shaping up to be one of those leagues where you know there's there's opportunity as well as kind of fear when you look at that table because. Well, you know, literally tomorrow, if Brighton win, they, they leapfrog Liverpool and Liverpool starts slipping back towards 
almost to the bottom half, you know, not not far off it. If if um, the next couple of results went badly, especially with Chelsea coming up, and you know Chelsea are currently tenth, if they got a result against Liverpool and you know things like that, then that doesn't bear thinking about. But at the same time, as bad as Liverpool have been in um, at times, that the gap to the top four is is far from insurmountable. And I just think it's one of them where you know win, win three games out of every five, put little runs together. Don't worry about. You know, the, the having to go with the strenuous pace that Liverpool and Man City have gone at, where it's it, clearly it's not going to be a 90-plus season for, for Liverpool, probably not for anyone. But, you know, you don't need this run of 10 games. I, I think it's unreali- unrealistic to expect that from this current Liverpool team. And I don't think, you know, that kind of pressure really should be put on them. But, yeah, this this little span of games is is, is going to be absolutely huge. And, and it's strange, isn't it? I mean, I'm, all, I'm almost currently more worried about Brighton than than Chelsea. I mean, obviously there's the there's the difference that Chelsea is at Anfield um, on on the 21st and, and it's away against Brighton. But Chelsea, one of those teams where you think they've got problems that are bigger than Liverpool, and you know they they don't look a coherent outfit. They don't look a a really hard working grafting outfit at this present time. You know things are very much still coming together there under Potter. You know if they're even at that stage. So you know that 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 that's an opportunity for Liverpool and. I suppose at least you can say Wolves away is a tricky one, but you know there's no excuse. Liverpool should know exactly what they they'll be in for in that game when the league game comes around in Feb, having played them twice in recent succession. The FA Cup before then, yeah, Derby's a Derby. Newcastle's massive, but it is a defining run. And in in some ways, I kind of think this the game in the FA Cup away at Wolves will be a really interesting one because you know let, let's see what happens at Brighton first, and you know that that's the biggie clearly, but. Almost a little bit interested to see how how Klopp plays that that FA Cup replay and whether he sees that as a time to experiment again because I think that's really what he did at Anfield. You know, having having that long extended look at Gakpo, Nunes, Salah uh, in the forward line. I was surprised that Gakpo started. I just thought, well, surely he comes off the bench for for his debut. You know, this, why would you throw him in from the start? But almost think Klopp's probably looking at the FA Cup as as, as a bonus this year. You know, if Liverpool. Get anywhere close to defending it, then then great, but it's not the priority. So that Wolves game, I don't think it's the worst thing for a bit of experimentation. You know, they've had a week on the training ground now, and Klopp is saying in the press conference today he thinks things have gone really well in training, which is which is interesting and obviously good to hear. And you hope that we see the fruits of that on the pitch against Brighton. But I really think, especially with the likes of Gakpo and any new ideas he does try, or whether we revert to four two three one or any anything we've discussed, really. It, it needs to be worked out on the pitch and that's where chemistry needs to develop. So, yeah, some big games coming up, but at this point, I'm almost glad of that replay. Certainly not how I felt on the night. And um, I don't think many Reds were really welcoming the prospect of, a, of another midweek trek to, to Wolverhampton there. But, um, but yeah, I, I think get a result tomorrow uh, at Brighton and I think the rest of the month, at least, Wolves and Chelsea start to look a hell of a lot rosier. Go ahead, then I'll give you. I'm going to put you both on it on it now. Uh, Pat, result tomorrow. Uh, prediction for tomorrow's game. I mean, I really want to be positive, but I can't. I can see Brighton going one 0 up within the first ten minutes. I don't think that'll come as much as a surprise to anyone. But I think Liverpool turn it around. I think a cheeky two-one away win. I think Gakpo will get his first goal, a nice late winner, really cement himself, and Liverpool can hopefully kick on from there. Sean. Go on, I'll, I'll be positive. I'll say three <clears> one <throat> and a, a bit of a Mo Salah show. Ah, we need one, pal. Don't we? It's long overdue. If we try and get him in the game, I'm going to go two one with Pat as well. We can't go against the Reds. We never can. But um, at the moment, and listen, thank God for we haven't even mentioned them. Allison has been uh, stunning. Yes, he 
I well and truly ballsed up uh, the other night against Wolves with that pass. But um, you know what? That kind of back pass summed up Liverpool's season and it's just not quite concentrating, not quite 100% sharp. Um, give the ball away, but but he's been he's been clawing them out of the net for us, hasn't he? He's been blocking, he's been doing everything. He's been an, an outstanding player uh, for Liverpool. Thank God we'd have been in a bigger mess without Alisson than certainly we are with him. Um, let's hope for a bit of stability. That's all we need, a bit of stability. Uh, try and get things going, try and solidify that midfield a little bit. All right, it's not going to be a very pacey midfield, but at least if we can try and get it solid enough, we can we can we can um, we can move on from that, can't we? Just before we go, so two one two one three one. Just before we go, I just want to say um, uh, we we lost uh, David Johnson recently, uh, ex Liverpool legend, played for Everton as well, and um, I met him on a few occasions, and he was an absolute gent, a really funny guy, one of those one of those guys that you could speak to in a pub. And then after he'd left, if he didn't know anything about football and he said to someone, where did he work? You wouldn't in a million years have thought he was a, he was a, he was a legend at the pool. A big, tough, brilliant header of the ball. Great goal, great goal scorer. You wouldn't in a million years of, 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 of ever known that he was a, that he was anything like that because he just was such a lovely man. So uh, RIP the doc. And with that, we shall uh, move on. Poetry and motion will be back soon. Fingers crossed we can just... A little bit. I mean, I say stability. The Brighton game we got beat. We were doing well until then. We got away with a few, hadn't we? With Villa and with Leicester, got away being, you know, being the main word. But we need to just get a bit of confidence, build on it, get a few of our players back, and then what we've got on the bench there, give the youngsters a go. I think that's what you were saying, Sean and Pat as well. And um, we won't go too far wrong. All right, guys, thank you very much for your input once again. Uh, appreciate it, uh, Pat Smith and Sean Bradbury. Um, at Sean Brad two, if you want to uh, uh, Twitter them, only with nice things though, not nasty. Uh, Pat Smith Sport for the really nasty stuff. I'm just joking. Uh, Pat Smith Sport as well um, on Twitter, and I'm at Fitzy Fella. All right, uh, everyone, thanks once again for listening. Really appreciate it, and we'll catch you again on another Poetry in Motion. You've been listening to the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red Channel.